Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and in a bit of a shake-up on this week's show, in part one, we review Chelsea's huge Champions League victory over Wolfsburg and preview the second leg all at the same time. In part two, we review our return to the top of the table with victory over Aston Villa in the WSL, and we round up the latest news from Kings Meadow. In part three, we look ahead to the next uh, home league game against Birmingham City, and in part four, we've got your emails. This is episode 18 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, entitled, We're Halfway There. Um... Sorry for not singing that. I know some people might have wanted that, but sorry. Um, before we get started, we need your help to spread the word about this podcast. So if you enjoy what you hear, uh, tag us in a tweet, share us on Instagram, or how about leaving a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it helps other supporters find the show. We'd really appreciate your support. Uh, now joining me this week, as ever, is my wonderful co-host, Jane. Jane, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you, Dana. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very excited for this one. Um, yeah, very exciting. Jane, since last week, we obviously did the podcast with Mia and just messages like, Mia's so great, Mia was amazing, please get Mia back. Um, most of them were from Mia, um, but there was a few from other people as well. So we listened to the, what the people want and, and back this week is Mia Erickson. Uh, Mia, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Just been playing tennis for two hours, so my face is kind of red. It's not that I'm, <laughs> yeah, I just got back, but, but I'm good, Ob- obviously, you know. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, let's dive straight in then to last Wednesday. Chelsea travelled to Budapest to take on Wolfsburg in the Champions League quarterfinal. Uh, Jane, take us through the all-important information from the game. So Chelsea lined up this one in a 4-1-3-2 formation with Berger in goal, a back four of Charles Bright, Eriksson and Anderson, Ingle at the base of midfield, Jean Leupold as a midfield duo and Peniel Harder as a number 10 behind Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr up front. Emma used two substitutes in this game, firstly bringing Aaron Cuthbert on for G in the 74th minute, and then Guru replaced Frank Herbie with 10 minutes left to play. This left Mustavik, Telford, Blundell, Carter, Spence, Fleming, Fox and Beaver Jones as the unused subs. The stats are as follows, Chelsea numbers are first. Possession, 55% to 45%. Shots, six, three on target, 22, eight on target. Corners one to ten, offsides one each. Fouls eleven to four, uh, twelve to fourteen. Sorry, yellows two to three. Big chances two to five. Big chances missed zero to four. Passing accuracy seventy four percent to sixty nine percent. Possession lost one hundred sixty nine times to one hundred seventy seven times. Duels one forty seven to fifty one. Tackles seventeen to sixteen, and finally clearances fifteen to four. Now, at this point in the show, we'd normally have Mia's tactical assessment, um, but I'm going to hijack it this week, Mia. I hope you don't mind. Um, Wolfsburg, 45% possession, but 22 shots. Did they tap, tap, boom us, but the gun wasn't working? Uh, Yes. (laughs) That's the short answer. Yeah, I think so. They're going to be disappointed as I, I was about to say hell if if they if they lose this one because they really they 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 got that game in their in their hands i think uh, and chelsea they were all over and they didn't have the game in their hands <laughs> like but you are right about that yeah chelsea definitely looked a bit um shell shocked so we said at the start 
Jane, I was listening to London is Blue. They did the podcast review of the game and they had Andre from France Fight Club, uh, the other Chelsea FC women's podcast on there. He made an interesting point regarding the pre-match video that Chelsea released and it sort of chronicled all the previous games against Wolfsburg, obviously that we lost, uh, and made a point about there being sort of a, a psychological impact on the team's performance, perhaps that they were playing the history of the game rather than the Wolfsburg team in front of them. Do you think there's a you know, some truth in that? Um, I think it was a bit of a mixture. Obviously, like the video shown, we'd never won against Wolfsburg. So obviously to be drawn against the team, we want to come out and win. Obviously we want to win to get through to the semis and then to the final. But I think it did make, I think it was more like in their minds, like they have to come out and win. We can't let Wolfsburg beat us another time. Yeah, me as someone that missed the game due to the, the timing of it, sort of watching highlights, what did you make of that first half performance from Chelsea? Because the highlights just show Wolfsburg time and time again, getting down that Chelsea left-hand side and getting crosses into the box. Yeah, what was it about Chelsea's performance that was sort of so easy for Wolfsburg to open them up? Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of surprised because, like, we, we talked about this last week, you know, remember? I, I told you I was thinking that Wolfsburg is going to go down the sides, on the wings, and just attack with crosses. And they did. Uh, and, I, yeah, I was... At first, I, I I thought that yeah, but this is Chelsea defense. They're gonna, they have this. Uh, but since they they played like more like four four two with diamond with the diamond, and then you know the midfielders they couldn't track back uh, enough, so they they left Jonna uh, alone on the side, and I was kind of feeling sorry for her because. They, I mean, I mean, going going up against Svenja Hut, that was, yeah, she, she, I, I actually think that Svenja Hut was one of uh, Wolfsburg's best players, um, and then it, it's sort of, you know, affecting the whole defense some way. You know, I didn't think that Magda played a bad game, but somewhere along the road during that game, it, it sort of looked like they weren't trusting each other like they used to um, and I think that was and, and it opened up a lot of space uh, from the back to front so they they weren't linking at all between the midfield and uh, and the attack but I mean I just w when you told me you weren't watching the game I thought oh lucky you because this is hell <laughs> you know like my my heart was racing all the time, and you see, and you, but but when you look look at a game like that, you start to wonder. But but why don't they just change, you know, the formation, uh, so they can then help uh, down the wings? Because Wolfsburg did the same over and over again. I I, I just I think the stats said like twenty seven crosses or something. So yeah. Sort of watching the highlights, I was surprised to see that Chelsea had more of the ball than Wolfsburg because it didn't look like that at all. Do you think that's what surprised them? Maybe they were expecting Wolfsburg to have the ball a bit more so they could keep their shape a bit more solid. The fact that they attacked us like we attacked teams, maybe that caused confusion? No, I actually don't think that because, I mean, both Melanie Leopold and Pernille Harder, they, they, 
they know this team. Uh, so if that was the case, then, then I would be massively surprised uh, from it. But I do think that, you know, uh, it, you, you could see that, that Magda and Millie, they, they weren't progressing as high up uh, at first, in the first half with the ball like they, they used to. It showed a bit of lack of confidence. I don't know. I, I just think that they were just feeling uh, the way Wolfsburg was, you know, pressing them. Um, so it was more like that because they they are good at keeping the ball between them. Um, so I, no, I don't think that. Yeah, Jane, it's, it's fair to say in the first half we rode our luck quite a bit. Um, the post and Captain Berger, a handball, and uh, John Anderson off the line. You know, fair to say it was lucky that we were nil nil at halftime. Yeah, I definitely thought we was lucky. I, d- I did expect Wolfsburg to maybe get one or maybe even two past us. But Berger brilliantly and Jonah Anderson had a good uh, save as well. So we was lucky to go in at half-time nil-nil. Yeah, she likes the clearance off the line, I've heard. Uh, um, near after half-time, Chelsea a lot more improved. Uh, was there something specific that you noted or just Chelsea perhaps playing back to their normal level? No, I just think they... I just think they went out in half time and told each other, you know, we have to straighten this up, uh, along with some tactical changes, obviously. But, uh, you know, I mean, I must say, you know, Wolfsburg, they played the best game of, the, of their, their own season. I mean, their coach actually said that <laughs> yeah, after the game. But then you see, these errors uh, that Wolfsburg made um, ahead of Chelsea's goals, they're kind of typical Wolfsburg's defense. So I think obviously they, they were massively disappointed <laughs> with not uh, you know, um, getting their chances done. But um, I think that um, I think that you know, like it was kind of stable with Chelsea after the goals, but then the, the t- last 10 minutes and then the penalty and, and you know, that sort of shake and it stirred things up a bit again. So, um, I mean, I agree with, with Jane because they were lucky. They, they were lucky. They were like, this was like watching Wolfsburg Barcelona in the semis last year. Barcelona had tons of chances and Wolfsburg scored one goal uh, and they won. So, And football is about scoring goals. So, Perhaps Wolfsburg are missing a striker. Maybe they sold one in the summer. Maybe, you know, who knows um, who that could possibly be. Um, the goal then, 55 minutes played a breakthrough with Chelsea, which was actually was a really well-worked uh, team move. Ericsson into Ingle, back to G, into Kirby. She turned and played in Kerr in one fluid movement. And the Aussie rounded the keeper and scored from a, a really tight angle. Uh, Jane, a wonderful goal and a huge moment in this tie, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a wonderful goal. And I think once we got that one goal, I think the girls sort of felt more confident. And they thought, actually, we've got this one goal. We can go on and score more. And I felt more confident in them once they'd got that one goal. Yeah, and then 10 minutes later... Uh, 1-0 becomes 2-0, a misplaced pass from the Wolfsburg goalkeeper. 
enabled Franco to square the ball to Sam Kerr, who found Penilla Harder. That was it. That was the striker I was just talking about. She was the one that they had, had a volley for. She scored for Chelsea against Wolfsburg. Uh, fantastic. Um, Mia, the pressing from Frank Kirby, you know, winning the ball high up. Yeah, that's so important to what Chelsea do. And ultimately, it could be the difference in the tie, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and I think, I must say that I think it was kind of brave of her, even though I know she, she, she I mean, the pressure, it must have been some kind of pressure before this game, you know. Uh, and then, you, but but that error that Wolfsburg made that there, that's, that's kind of typical from their backline. Because if there's something they may have weaknesses in, it's their backline. You could see, you know, it was Ingrid Engen that came running and just sl- you know slid in front of Penelope Harder before she just scored. So it wasn't. But then, you know, that that sort of changed the whole game. Um, I think for Wolfsburg as well. Yeah, it certainly felt like it had an impact. Um sort of on the tie. Jane, we briefly mentioned uh, AKB earlier, but she made a few important saves. Uh, but the one from the header at the far post, which she tipped over the bar, was probably the best save I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, Emma Hayes called her the best in the world. And you can see why from this performance, can't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. She's Recently, she's been playing brilliantly. When she first joined, there was that couple of mishaps where we scored a few own goals. But over the seasons, I've seen like an improvement in her and the way she plays. And she's become a lot more confident and like a lot more vocal in games. And I do think she is one of the best in the world. Yeah, I know we've sort of criticised some of her distribution on the show before, but you know she was fantastic and that save was world-class. Um, Chelsea being Chelsea in the Champions League handed Wolfsburg the lifeline. We love to give away penalties. Uh Atletico, we gave 3-2. Wolfsburg just won and, and they took it. Mia, some poor defending from, from Magda, sort of not reading the situation very well, diving in and getting caught out. I don't think it was necessarily poor defending. I just think it was very unlucky. And it was Svenja Hut that she, you know, challenged. Uh, and she had played a brilliant game coming in from that uh, side all the time. So I think it was just a perfectly well-timed run from her. And then, you know, that what I mentioned before, you know, who's going to challenge her? Who's going to clear the ball? And then, you know, a half a second too late, Magda took the decision and, and it was unfortunate to oh, that it happened. But uh, I think they they had straightened things up a bit before that because obviously also, I mean, that save from uh, AKB, uh, that volley from Fridolina Rolfa, I mean, it was sort of an open goal and and they were like, um, you know, you just sat and watched the ball cross in and yeah, and you just thought that, yeah, aren't they going to clear that ball? And no, they didn't. And uh, so I think it's it's sort of that penalty, you know, it just sort of reflected on the whole defense thing. It was just 
unlucky that it was in the final minutes, you know, in the final final 10 minutes of the game. So, yeah, so, I mean, some people like to you know, believe in destiny and, and fate. And if you look at you know, Atletico missing three penalties, Chelsea shouldn't even be in this game, really. Wolfsburg could have won five or six, one or six, two, really quite easily on another day if they were more clinical. But, but Chelsea really, you know, riding their luck and destiny, I believe, played a huge part when Chelsea's men's team won the Champions League in 2012. And you know, something similar feels like it's happening here. I suppose it's sort of, to analyse this game, you would say Chelsea are on the ropes. And as we said last week, they tapped out boom Wolfsburg with two quick goals. Um, just a shame that they gave them the away goal at, at the end. Jane, I'll ask you first, really, to sum up your feelings and, and thoughts on the game as a whole. Um, it's a tough one. Although we did win 2-1 eventually in the end, I did still think... I feel like we could have gone and like put more... Not put more effort in, because obviously the girls did put all their hard work in, but I feel like we could have got a lot more out of it and we could have scored a few more goals. Yeah, Mia, I suppose, is there enough positives from that, even though the first half was really bad from Chelsea? Is there enough positives to take from the game? going into that second leg. Perhaps Wolfsburg defence making mistakes is one of them. Yeah, uh, actually two things is uh, very, uh, because for, for you have to remember in, in this second leg, they, they're gonna miss Lena Oberdorf. And she was the one that was gonna pinpoint Penilla Harder. That's what Lurch said, uh, that that was her role. To pinpoint Penilla Harder, and then I don't know uh, if if you didn't watch the whole game after or, but it was a couple of times where you could see when Penilla got the ball, she knew exactly how to move to be fouled, because Lena Oberdorf was the one that fouled her and got the yellow card. She knew was she knew that, she knew what she was doing, and that's the positive thing to take into the second leg because they're gonna miss Lena Oberdorf. She's one of their best players. She's yeah, like, you know, yeah, she, she's exactly. And, and I, yeah, we, we can talk about that later, but, but I think they're, they're going to just have to decide Wolfsburg to take in a defender in that role to, to defend uh, that space, or if they're going to go all in to attack, but that's one positive thing I would like to, you know, lift up they're going to miss one of their best players in the second leg. Uh, number two is that, obviously, the clinical... Uh, yeah, Chelsea was were 100% clinical. Wol- Wolfsburg wasn't. So I think that's that's the most positive thing uh, of this game to, to take into the next. Absolutely. Before we talk about the second leg, um, Jane, run us through the player of the match vote. Um, for the game. You need to unmute first, Jane, otherwise no one's going to hear what you're saying on the podcast this week. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I put myself on mute. I went to sneeze and I was like, no one wants to hear me sneeze. They do right, want to let me try it again. Okay. <laughs> right, so the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group had their player of the match poll on Twitter after the game. The four options were Sam Kerr, who received 9% of the vote, Neve Charles received 14% of the vote. The goalpost and the winner with 61% of the vote was Anne Katchenberger. 
Yeah, if anyone's good at maths, the miss percentage I've missed out on the script there is what the goalpost was voted for. Um, I'm not good enough at maths to do that right now. Um, Jane, no complaints there. I think you've got to give it to AKB based on the, her heroics. Yeah, I think she was brilliant and she did deserve she did deserve to get play of the match because I think if without her in goal, I think Wolfsburg could have got a lot more past us. Yeah, let's sort of look at the second leg. They're not obviously this Wednesday at twelve thirty kickoff. Um, again, uh, Mia, what needs to change from Chelsea from the first leg? Yeah, personally, I'd look at the midfield. Maybe Aaron Cuthbert coming in, um, replacing Ingle. Maybe she was bypassed quite easily by Wolfsburg's runners. Um, what would you sort of, what would you do to change Chelsea's performance? Yeah, you know. I, I just today <laughs> I sat sat and looked through uh, you know the games versus Arsenal and um, the three nil win versus Arsenal and Man- Manchester City uh, both games they have played versus them uh, and this is this is sort of you know interesting because I was um, meeting Norway's head coach the other day um, I interviewed him for for another thing and then he he. We talked obviously about European football and then he just sort of mentioned that the best game of football he had seen in a long while was the one Chelsea played versus Arsenal at home, winning 3-0. Uh, and then in, in these games, they have played a formation of 4-2-3-1 with Kerr uh, on top uh, to protect the wings, <laughs> obviously. You know, pressing high versus Man City and Arsenal. Uh, and protecting, you know, the fullbacks um, more. I know we talked about this last week that the Chelsea's, I, I mean, defensive midfielders have protected the back line and, and AKB a lot. And I think that's what Wolfsburg made them uh, not do this time. And that need, needs to change. Um, so I would like to see that formation again. You know, with Frank Kirby to the right, Penile in the middle, and um, G uh, on the left. If they're gonna play G, I was sort of, you know, when watching the game uh, yesterday, I thought she played the whole game, but Erin Cuthbert was taking off. So maybe she is coming in to take the left and, you know, wrestle around with Alex Pop or something. Um, I could see that happen. Uh, but I think that, that they need to. They need to stop uh, stop them from coming down to the corner flag and cut in and made, make these crosses. That's, that's crucial because they're not going to miss scoring that many goal chances in the next game. Yeah, talking about sort of defending the wings, Jane, uh, Neve Charles will miss the second leg due to that ridiculous refereeing decision. Um, I'd assumed it would be Hannah Blundell coming in to replace her, but it was Jess Carter that started it right back against Aston Villa. Now, she was taken off after an hour, perhaps to rest her for the game. Um, what do you make on the right-back position for this game? Um, I was quite shocked with the way um, Emma played Hannah and Jess against Aston Villa because I would normally put Hannah in right-back position. But... I think Jess Carter did have a brilliant game in the she only obviously played 60 minutes. So I think she will be starting on Wednesday. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that back four and who plays where. Amir, we spoke about Chelsea being able to score goals and you'd expect them to do that um, again in the second leg. Do you think it's a case of sort of just standing up to Wolfsburg, um, sort of like two big heavyweight boxers and just swinging at each other, knowing that we're going to score goals anyway and we've got a lead that we can sort of extend? Do you think there's a chance of Chelsea doing that or would they be you know, counter-attacking and, and try and protect them wings? No, I can't see this game uh, being 1-0 to either side. I actually can't. I think there's going to be goals uh, towards both ends. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really think so. Because I think both teams want to score. No one wants to defend uh, a, a lead or, or something. It's, it's going to be... It's going to be goals, not a goal. Goals. Mia's predictions are usually pretty good. So if you'd like to have a little bet, you know, maybe follow that tip. Um, Jane, how do you feel at, you know, going into the game? Are you confident? You know, the fact we've beaten Wolfsburg now, that sort of the monkey's off our back. You know, can we go into the second leg feeling confident that actually we're better than you and we're going to take our game to you? I think we can. I think after we got that 2-1 win, we are confident that we can do it again. And I think all the girls have got to do, they've got, just got to go out with confidence, get a couple of away goals, and then the game is ours, really. Mia, someone that obviously perhaps watches Wolfsburg, I'd say a lot more than myself and Jane, will they have belief going into this game that they can, number one, stop us scoring, and two, beat us? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was sort of, you know giggling to myself watching the tweets during this game uh, like uh, a lot of the tweets was were about you know how wolf wolfsburg played physically but hello uh, watch a game between bayern and wolfsburg and you, you will you will see that this is the way german german football is uh, and and to be fair you can see that in melanie lopals as well and you can also see that, that's what I was uh, talking about earlier, you know, seeing Penilla Harder, she, she knows that. She knows they are going to foul her if she, instead of turning uh, and just run, running straight, she cuts, you know, to, to run, try and run past, you know, like three Wolfsburg players and one of them is going to foul her. Um, and that, that's, the, that's the way they play in Frauen Bundesliga. So I was like, you know, uh, but this is Wolfsburg, um, and even though I mean I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan, but I am a fan of Wolfsburg as well, and I'm a fan of the way they play because it it's fine, it, it's beautiful football, and and I I can sort of agree with with people saying that Chelsea necessarily don't play beautiful football but they win uh, and the win is a win so it's nothing like that but the way Wolfsburg play this game it was beautiful football to watch it was fast it was fluid you know and Chelsea need to they need to handle that better because otherwise Wolfsburg is going to win this tie yeah and I suppose they have the experience of these big games, big situations and, and winning them, whereas Chelsea 
when they face big teams like Wolfsburg, historically haven't done that. So although they've got one win, you know, we're halfway to the victory. We still need to do another match and win that. And perhaps that plays into Wolfsburg's hands that they have a bit more experience. Although Chelsea do have players in their team as a team, as a unit, they've not been able to, to do that as of yet. Um, but hopefully that all changes. Let me pick a team then and going on Mia's advice, it's 4-2-3-1, uh, Berger in goal. I'm going with Blundell right back, Bright, Eriksson, Anderson in defence. Leopold and Cuthbert as a midfield two with Kirby, Harder and G behind Sam Kerr. Mia, a fantastic team, no changes, nothing, just perfect, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we talked about, yeah, maybe Erin Cuthbert uh, will come in to take G's position. And I also want to see Hanna Blondel on, on the right back position because, I mean, it's Fridolina Rolfe uh, again, uh, and she is fast. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be surprised if Hanna Blondel doesn't play in the right back. But I also think that I, I, I would not get too surprised if we could see Sophie Ingle on the right back. Um, I thought about was... Millie going to the right and Sophie coming centrally, perhaps, as an option. But, you know, I don't think Millie is actually the fastest player either, nor is Sophie. So perhaps Hannah is the answer. Jane, what's your thoughts on, on that team? Um, I'd keep it the same, I think. I think Emma will start. I think she'll either start Hannah or Jess. But I'd, I'd prefer Jess to start for this game. Uh, sorry, Hannah to start for this game. I thought there was going to be some controversy then in the team selection, but obviously not. Um, let's try and predict the outcome of the game then. Mia, I think you got it spot on. Is that right? This game? The... No, I I said 2-0 last time oh. to Chelsea. And I was so close. <laughs> no. Um, I I think, oh, this this is so hard. I, I could see it end 1-1 or something like that. Because I, I do think that both teams are going to score. Jane, how about you? Um, I'm going to go 2-1 to us again. Good score. Mia to said goals. Two away goals. Yeah, Mia did say goals. So I'm going to go 3-2 to Chelsea. Um, Getting the third goal. To, to win the tie and some wild celebrations in Budapest and online because people are not there and people at work are going to miss it again. Thank you, UEFA, for that lovely piece of scheduling for the Champions League quarterfinals. Hopefully the semifinals are a bit of a nicer time for those of us who are employed, have to pay bills. Who knows? Um, that's all for part one. Join us after this very short break when we'll be back to review Aston Villa and the Chelsea news from the previous week. Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merch Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. 
jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Real fans, real opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Wetsamo Kings Meadow. Time now to look back at Chelsea's return to the top of the WSL table with Sunday's win over Aston Villa. Jane, run us through the all-important information from this game. So Chelsea lined up this one in a 4-4 formation with Musovic in goal, Jess Carter, Bright, Eriksson and Blundell in defence, a midfield four of Jesse Fleming, G, Cuthbert and Wrighton with Brian and Sam up front. Emma used all five available substitutes with Peniel Harder, Drew Spence, Neve Charles, Melanie Leopold and Aggie Beaver-Jones coming on for Fran Kirby, Aaron Cuthbert, Jess Carter, Sam Kerr and Guru Wrighton. This left Carly Telford, Sophie Ingle, Yona Anderson and Georgia Fox as the unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had Chelsea's stats are first. An XG of 1.50 to 0.03. Shots, 15, four on target, one, one on target. Possession, 66% to 34%. Passing accuracy, 86% to 68%. Possession lost 92 to 102. Recover- recoveries 81 to 65. Clearances 10 to 14. Interceptions 39 to 29. Jules won 107 to 81. Fouls 5 to 3. Yellow cards 0 to 1. Counter attacks with shots 6 with 3 shots, 0 with 0 shots. Corners 7 to 1. Crosses slash accurate. accurate Accuracy, I can't even say the word. Accuracy, <laughs> that's it. 15 to 4 and 1 to 0. Thank you very much, Jane. Uh, Mia, I won't hijack your tactical assessment this time. What was your takeaway from the game? Yeah, I mean, it was a boring game. I, 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 I mean... I had to watch this game in the car from Gothenburg yesterday because I was down to photograph a Swedish cup game. Uh, And then I was just like, you know, the first half they played bad uh, and boring. Uh, And it was like, you know, they were Champions League hangover, uh, which, which I had expected them to be. So I just think that they weren't, it was kind of, you know, they had the ball, played it around, played it in the middle, but it didn't happen anything. So I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't had the chance to, to look at the stats in this game, but I think that probably Millie Bright and Magda had a lot of the ball, you know, and uh, it just was that game. Yeah, and when you obviously you ch- change a lot of players and they they come on, they do their their job, but you can you can tell it's not the same. Uh, Too much. They got tap. the job done. 
too much tap, not enough boom, I think. Is yeah, exactly. What we want to say about this game. That's let's, a good, good. Let's try and bring some life to this boring game then, so this review isn't boring as well. Uh, Jane, let's talk about the lineup, the back four in particular. Uh, we kind of predicted that Hannah Blundell were coming at right back, but it was Jess Carter obviously got the nod with Hannah in at left back. And essentially, uh, Millie Brighton and Magda Eriksson both made to play another 490 minutes. Does that suggest that Emma doesn't trust anybody else in that position? Um, I don't think it's that she doesn't trust anyone else. I just think they are our two strongest players to play in that position. And when they've not played the likes of the Brighton loss, obviously you can't blame it just because one player didn't play. Um, the game sort of hasn't gone our way. And I do I think they're just the best two people to play in that position. It's not that they're, she doesn't trust anyone else. There is nobody else. It's just Magda and Millie and they're going to have to play every game from here on out, uh, especially with Marin's injury. Mia, you mentioned Chelsea's Champions League hangover, you know, and it did look like that, but then again, Emma did make a lot of changes. So what's sort of the missing ingredient, so to speak, from the team if players are coming in that are fresh? Uh, why aren't they reaching the levels that perhaps we expect them to? I actually, I, I was so happy to see Jesse Fleming starting again because I think she she played so well in the Comte Cup final. Uh, but I was sort of missing her doing the same thing uh, in this game. But I, I don't think she, she, she played the same role. It wasn't her her doings in, in this game. And, and you could see, I mean, she's a good footballer. You know, I, I, I had to, to go in to watch something about, to, you know, to learn something about her more than just knowing that she's a tough cookie. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, she's, she's got more apps for Canada than Magda has for Sweden. And she's 23 years old and Magda is 27. And, and that's, that tells me, I mean, she, she played the World Cup in um, uh, 2015. She played the Olympics. She has experience. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of surprised that Emma doesn't use her more. Um, so I think she was fun to watch. I mean, she, she is, looked like she had some fun with Aston Villa's defenders as well from time to time. And I, 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 just, I just so wanted her to to get a shot on target and, and into the back of the net. So I think that I always enjoy watching Jesse Fleming because she's, she's a good footballer. Do you think it's a case of where Emma doesn't play them enough? I mean, I can't remember the last time Jess Carter started the game, but they're not playing sort of often enough to create relationships on the pitch, perhaps that, you know, the likes of Franco and Sanka and the harder have because they played together so much. Their relationships are blossoming, whereas when she changes the team, they hardly ever play together in a match situation. So that's why it's a bit slow and repetitive with the passing, because there's not a natural progression of the ball. Well, perhaps, but I do think that, you see, when, when you change uh, a lot of players and then you when you take, uh, I mean, she made all the five subs and then you have Melanie Lopez and Penilla Harder coming in to 
with one academy player uh, and you could see that the, the pace is I mean let I mean obviously I, I'm a big fan of Penilla Harder let's just put that one out again uh, but I do think she she brings the pace you know her specialty is you know turning around and, and go forward it's not often you see her doing a pass back if she gets the ball uh, she goes forward she turns and she passes the ball forward and I do think that's what sort of is missing when she isn't on the pitch uh, but I do think that Jesse Fleming could could have that role uh, and I could be like you say uh, if if you don't know each other very very well in in those positions because I think that uh, when uh, Penilla came on her and Jesse uh, they have the same, you know, will to go forward. Uh, so again, I I'm so sorry that Fleming couldn't, you know, score when she dribbled around with <laughs> with Villa's defense. Um, we are willing Jesse Fleming to score uh, every game yeah. now on. Uh, Jane, somebody that did score was Sam Kerr again. Uh, another header, which is sort of phenomenal for someone of her size. Um, but that sort of the goal shows her intelligence as a striker that she peeled off her defender, then made the run at the right time just to get that yard, get her jump in, and head the ball uh, off the post and into the goal. Um, there's no question really, but just Sam Kerr basically. Yeah, I think I think she done well. Obviously, if she'd have run too soon, then she would have been called offside. And the way her and Sam like link up that I feel like I said to mum I said they're like twins like they talk to each other just through like brainwaves and the way like she saw Fran with the ball and then made the run as Fran hit it uh, the goal I'd have to say that I did think as it hit the goal post it was going to bounce the other way just as happened before so I was glad it did hit the goal post and bounce in yeah Luckily for, for us, it went the right way past the goalkeeper who looked a bit confused at the whole situation. Uh, but Mira, I felt Aston Villa was starting to get back into this game after 1-0. Chelsea was sloppy in possession. Um, Musovic giving away a couple of questionable uh, passes that um, luckily weren't punished. Uh, but then Chelsea again, Kirby and Kerr linking up, scoring another goal. I suppose it helps for Chelsea that they can play not great, but then have those two up front to sort of get them out of trouble when they need to. Uh, of course, and I think that uh, you know, if you compare this game to like Brighton, where uh, Emma did too many, perhaps too many changes, I think of course you put play those players are on the pitch to do what they did yesterday. But I, I can you know feel like. What, what is going to happen if some one of them gets injured or something? Uh, because in a game like that yesterday where those two, um, you know, are doing the job, um, it makes me kind of want... It's like you, you said it before, Magda and Bright. One of them gets injured. Yeah, what do we do? Uh, obviously, it, went, it worked out <laughs> the last time, but now we don't have Mielde either, so... So it's makes you kind of think that uh, it's great to watch, but still, 
kind of makes makes me a little bit worried what what happens if if they because it was when I think Kirby went off first and then you know uh, Penilla came on and she assisted Kerr in a perfect you know like she sort of just chipped the ball over Aston Villa's defense uh, and then it wasn't a goal so I mean if you look at the stats you, you wanted me to say something about Villa being more going forward no <laughs> they had they had nothing <laughs> I mean they had one shot and one shot on target otherwise they were but but I think that uh, about Sechira Musovic, I mean, it was her first home game, you know, King's Meadow going out. Uh, I think she looked a bit nervous. Um, and the communication with Magda one time wasn't that good. I think she sort of passed, passed the ball to, to a Villa uh, striker or something. But I mean, Villa was missing Stine Larsen, I think the Dane. Uh, I didn't look at the lineup, but, but I do think she was miss, missing. And they just passed the ball to Eva Bucci, sort of expecting her to do miracles. And no, I mean, I just looked at, at Magda's stats right, right now when we, we talked and, and she was like 100% again in defensive duels. Uh, aerial duels, uh, and I think she she bounced back from the Wolfsburg game. Um, so I think it helps um, when your opposition don't want to attack very much, and their only attacking option is to pass the ball to their one player. I expect them to travel through the whole team and, and score. Um, Jane. I know Mia spoke about Jesse Fleming quite a lot just then, but in the in the build up to the goal, you know, she did very well closing down the goalkeeper. She forced the error. You know, she obviously in the Conti Cup played very well. She's making a case for her to be more involved in this team, isn't she? Yeah, I think she's been playing brilliantly. I'm gutted she didn't get a goal. She was so like the chances she did have, she didn't even hesitate. She just went for it. And she did well to help us get that second goal, obviously closed down the defender and the keeper to then have a poor pass to Fran, who managed to pass it. And I think the more we see of her, like Mia said, she's she's been brilliant for her age she is. She's achieved so much and not many people can say they've done what she's done. And I think the more, the more game time she gets, the more confidence she's going to get. And I think if she plays on Sunday, I think she will get a goal. Yeah. Jessie Flowing, I've got my next uh, Chelsea social pieces on her using a lot of Mia's stats, um, I must say. Um, whenever I write that, that will be out uh, sometime. Mia, I saw G's heat map after this game. Uh, it was red in a lot of places. You know, she had one of you know one of those G games where she was she was here, she was there, she was under the hoarding on the side of the pitch at one stage, just everywhere, wasn't she? Yeah, I mean, she was the player that uh, had to take uh, several positions also when the subs uh, were being done. So I think that's, uh, it just shows that, I mean, she she might be a bit, bit rusty when she's going to shoot, I think, 
because she was off target. She had a, a brilliant chance uh, to shoot and then the ball just went wide. But I think she, she, like you said, it was her this time around that made the ground tour. I mean, she played three different positions, I see here. Um, and that's, I mean, total actions uh, of her was like uh, 90, 72 uh, out of 93 uh, actions were successful. I mean, 77%, that, that's a lot. So she was probably the best player on the pitch uh, in some ways, but that's, that's hard to you know, argue for because she didn't score or made an assist, but she's just G. Yeah, I feel like with the arrival of Pelina, she's gone under the radar a bit where she's maybe stepped back a little bit. She does her work a bit deeper, so she doesn't have those numbers anymore to sort of say, G's fantastic because of this. Whereas I think you just need to acknowledge, you know, her as a whole, what she does and her reports to the team. Jane, another sort of person I want to mention is Aggie Beaver-Jones, who came on, looked pretty comfortable. Uh, you know, Penilla showing her where to stand at a corner was a nice moment. A uh, big moment for her. It's good that academy players are coming through, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I love seeing the academy players come through. I think where we've got such a big squad and everyone's brilliant, I think it's great that Emma's still giving the academy players a chance so the, for the likes of her and Georgia Fox it's it's shown that they want to be in this Chelsea first team squad yeah absolutely um so, so last week we called the show just keep winning and I think this game encapsulated that perfectly you know it wasn't very good Mia said it was boring hopefully our review was more insightful and uh, can keep you awake a bit longer than the game did but you know at the end of the day we had to win we did win. We was able to make changes. We rested some key players. We're back above Manchester City. The title is in our hands. It's all down to us, you know. Just keep winning, Chelsea. We don't care if they're boring for now. Just as long as you win. Uh, Jane, run us through the player of the match poll from this game. So the Chelsea Women Supporters Group ran their player of the match poll over on Twitter. The four options were Hannah Blundell, who received 8% of the vote, Frank Kirby received 14%, G received 15%, and the woman winner with 63% of the vote was Sam Kerr. Yeah, two goals, a high five from Emma, and the player of the match vote. Yeah, pretty good afternoon for Sam. Although I agree with Mia that G you know, had a great game, and I think she deserved a few more percentage votes than she got. But player of the match votes are decided on who scores the most goals, as we all know. Jane, what about the league table? How does that look after this sort of weekend's round of games? So Chelsea are back on top of the WSL on 47 points. Manchester City are second with 45 points. Manchester United are on a third on 38 points. And Arsenal, the game in hand, are fourth with 35 points. After them come Everton, Brighton, Reading, Tottenham, Birmingham City, Bristol City, Aston Villa and West Ham. It's looking good for Chelsea. It's quite an interesting league this year, isn't it? You know, you've got Chelsea and City going for the title, Arsenal, Manchester United going for third, and then you've got probably Birmingham, Bristol City, and Aston Villa and West Ham all looking to stay up in the league. So, you know, lots of great games to watch out there if you want to watch something um, over the next week or so. Uh, 
Um, let's move on then to a news update. Jane, it's been a very quiet week. I had to scrape the barrel of news stories to fill this little segment up. Um, what's been happening? Um, so ESPN revealed their top 50 women's players in the world right now. They ranked Bethany England 42nd, Melanie Leopold 37th, Magda Eriksson was in 34th, G was 18th, Fran Kirby was ranked 12th, Peniel Harder was 4th and in 2nd place was Sam Kerr. Guru Wrighton became the latest Chelsea player to reach a milestone. Her start against Aston Villa was her 50th appearance for the Blue. Jane, I saw the journalist who made the ESPN list tweeted um, about several nights of not sleeping, making this list. Do you think that's why it's so bad? Because they didn't sleep properly? Um, I'm very shocked by it. Probably. The fact that, obviously, Sam Kerr is a world-class player, but the fact that she's higher than Peniel, I'm quite shocked at. Yeah, Mia, not good, was it? I mean, this is, I'm, I'm going to put some perspective into this because I, I talked about this with the Nor Norway head coach as well. I just, you know, asked him straight out what he, he as a coach, what, what does he think, think about these lists? And then we just talked about, yeah, well, it's no surprise that Sam Hughes, a US player, is on top uh, of a list made by US journalists. You know, I, I I can see they obviously don't watch a lot of women's football in Europe, so that's why. But but I agree. I think also I would have liked to see Frank Kirby in top ten, um, and it was sort of like you know when you watch the list, you you wondered, okay, is this for twenty twenty or twenty twenty one? What do they want? They were mixing it all up and then and then yeah it was just a strange list but i think this is this is what's going to happen you know with women's football growing uh, media outlets uh, like to do lists because they are getting interactions on twitter uh, both good and bad <laughs> but um, i mean it was i have to say this you know because it was funny to watch Barcelona Manchester City game after this list uh, and then Sam Hughes was completely invisible uh, nowhere to be seen yeah but she is American so let's not forget that yeah um, I, know, I know a lot of Arsenal influence in this list as well and it was supposed to be the top 50 players in the world right now um, so struggling to see how many of their players got into the list Especially Miedema at third. I know she is top scorer in the league, but come on, let's be serious for a second. <laughs> you mentioned you interviewed Norway's manager. One play you must have spoke about was, was Guru. 50 appearances for Chelsea. Um, I love her as a player. I think you need to sort of force a position for her, really. She's been unfortunate of the switch to 4-4-2. It sort of leaves her out a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we talked about... Uh... Uh, we talked about Maramielda as well, you know, because um, if we can have this talk because I'm, I'm going to write about this later. But you see, in Norway, they have a lot of um, offensive, uh, you know, talent. Uh, so compared to Sweden, we're like the, 
the you know the brick wall. <laughs> so we have a lot of of players good at defending. Um, so obviously Guro Reiten is uh, is a starter in Norway, you know, uh, and and he speaks he speak highly of of you know the WSL players, um, and I think he's he's like. Um, I like the way he talks because he was the coach. I, I if, if this is also, you have to know this because he was the coach in Linköping when Magda, Jonna and Tanille played in, in Linköping. Uh, it's like a joke because he, he sort of produced players for Wolfsburg uh, a couple of years there. <laughs> was was a lot of players going from Linköping to Wolfsburg. But then he, he took over Norway at 2017 and then I mean, you know, Maran Mjeldi, she was a defensive midfielder and they had to, you know, re- just change in Norway. So he made her uh, a defender instead. And then she has been playing defender in Chelsea too. So I think it's, but I mean, obviously he was like, Guru Reiten is, is a starter for Norway. And, and I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if, this, uh, like you mentioned, uh, her playing time in Chelsea, if it's going to affect her performance in Norway. Uh, I hope not, because I think she, she's like, she deserves a lot of attention and, and because she's, she's also a playmaker uh, in some ways. Yeah, Jane uh, Guru, obviously, we know as the assist queen, um, you know, a fantastic player to have in the squad. What's your sort of highlights of her playing time for Chelsea so far? Um, I think she's been a brilliant signing. Obviously, we signed her after the 2019 World Cup. And she's just shown so much. She's like, brought a lot to the squad. And week in, week out, she'll come out and just try her best. And I do think she's a brilliant player and she's a brilliant player for Norway as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Emma does stick with this diamond and she doesn't play many big games going forward, what will happen with her in the future? Because obviously she's a player that can play for many teams in Europe. You know, a lot of teams would want to sign her if she's not playing. Um, But hopefully... We find a space for her because you need her in the team somewhere. Um, I, I, I just have to say something as well because of that, because the, like we talked about last last time, Jonas' role has sort of changed as well. And her and Reiten was linking up very good last season. And I think that's, you know, that's what's happened when, when one player's role gets changed just a tiny bit. Uh, because then last season Guro was involved with in the attack uh, play a lot more than Jonna. And this year Jonna is more in the final third to to prevent, you know, to, to you know um, um, take part of the build up more. So it's yeah, I think it's 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 hard, you know, when when these situations came uh, comes up because but i i'm really looking forward to see her play for norway they're going to play germany and belgium uh, during this break 
Yeah, so if you do want to see more of Guru, you have to watch Norway at the minute. And obviously, we've got um, Sam and Fran who like to assist each other. Um, so perhaps they don't don't need Guru as much to assist them. But, you know, we love her here. Many Chelsea fans love her. So, you know, congratulations to her on reaching 50 appearances. Hopefully, you know, it won't be long till that's 100, um, like many others in this squad who have reached it recently. Um, let's move on to a loan report then. Um, only Jamie Lee Napier was involved in Birmingham's one-all draw with Bristol City at the weekend. She played the 490, but Emily Murphy missed out due to injury. Obviously, we're going to play Birmingham next weekend, so I don't think the girls are going to be able to play um, in that game. I'm not 100% sure. I think when we played Birmingham at theirs in October, Jamie Lee was allowed to play. Um, but I don't know because... I don't know what will happen because obviously they're both there. So I think maybe they might be able to, but obviously it depends what the clubs agree on. Yeah, normally sort of men's football, sorry for the ignorance, but when they send them on loan, they like them not to play against their team because obviously they know more about them than the other players do. Uh, but as you said, she did play in the first game, so... We'll see. Obviously, Birmingham, one of the only things you've not previewed before on the show. So that's why that fact is missed. Um, whether they play or not, you know, apart from that game on Sunday, good luck to them for the rest of the season uh, in their battle to stay up. I think they should be safe. Hopefully it's West Ham, West Ham, West Ham. Um, that is all for part two. Uh, but before we go to this break, we've got our usual parish notices. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us by searching Went to Mo Kings Meadow or clicking the link in the description box. Uh, we publish three or four videos a week based on this podcast. So if you'd like to see some faces as well as the voices, YouTube is the place to go. I've got a hairband in this week because the hair keeps going in my eyes at the minute. Um, barbers are opening very, very soon. And I'm very, 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 very sorry uh, for all our YouTube um, viewers. Uh, consider this an invitation to join our Discord channel. Discord is the perfect place for matchday discussions to be involved in the Chelsea FC women's community. Uh, make sure you download the Discord app, search for Wentimo Kings Meadow, hit join. We look forward to seeing you there. We've got quite a few people in there. I don't know if you was watching it, Jane, on Sunday, but the American feed kept dropping out. So they kept saying, oh my God, what the hell? And I thought <laughs> the stream was behind. I was waiting for something to happen. And I was like, what's going oh, on? Oh no. And they were like, oh, we can't watch it. I don't, for some reason, I've not got the notifications on for the app. So I'm there. So, and I forget. Well, I forget I've got it. I have to admit, mum goes on it because her phone like nonstop pings. But then I forget that I've actually got it. So I'm sorry. I'll try my hardest and get on it. Yeah, I'm on there. So if you want to speak to me during match, <laughs> I do respond to people. I remember. Um, yeah, great little app. Uh, it's quick and easy to respond without sort of the rigmarole of Twitter and the thousands of tweets you see every second. Um, we'll leave a link for that in the description as well. Uh, a reminder, if you follow both the men's and the women's team, then to check out the main Chelsea Fan Car Show. Uh, they do also have a Patreon account, which you can help support the shows financially. You can find that at www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. If you can and would like to help support the shows, you know, please you know, please do, but there's no obligation to. Obviously, the shows are both free and there's no uh, incentive for 
donating it's just because you love what we do and we love you if you do or you don't you know that's down to you and your money if you want to spend a bit on our content you know we love you for that um and also we want as many people talking about and listening to shows about the women's team so make sure you check out and listen to uh, london is blue who obviously blue the Augsburg game uh, the team at 195 every other saturday the podcast by daniel charles and jay mcintosh and of course make sure you check out and listen to the only other podcast which is exclusively about chelsea fc women fans fight club and obviously make sure you check out the cfcw social aside from my column mia has work on there and lots of other amazing content from some amazing people so make sure you're following all their socials uh, if you know anyone that should be on this list please let me know and i'll add them so we can help spread the word and of course, don't forget to follow Chelsea Red Sports Group on Twitter and Facebook. The more sport is involved, the better for everyone. Uh, that's it for part two. Join us after this very, very short break for the preview of the Bowen and City game. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back to part three of Wentzamo Kings Meadow. Time now for a preview of the next league fixture, which is against Burnham City. Uh, Jane, run us through their form guide ahead of this game. So Birmingham City currently sit in ninth position in the league. They've won three drawn four and lost nine, picking up 13 points. In their last five games, they've drawn two and lost three. The results run as follow with the most recent first. A 1-1 draw of Bristol City, a 2-2 draw of West Ham, a successive 4-0 defeat to Everton, Arsenal and Manchester City. Sorry, I struggled to read that then. <laughs> successive... 4-0 defeats to three big teams, which obviously bodes well for, for us. Although Birmingham are an improved team under Carla Ward this season, but nonetheless, a few levels below Chelsea, let's be honest. Uh, Jane, I suppose it's good for us that we're playing sort of the lesser quality teams in between these big Champions League games because it allows us to rest a few players, doesn't it? Yeah, I think obviously if we had like Arsenal, Man City, United on the back of these Champions League games, I think we would have struggled a lot more because where we're playing league uh, teams lower down the league, we can rest some of our players and bring our youth players in and players that aren't as experienced. So it's handy. It's handy to have these games instead of big games. Yeah, it probably comes as no surprise that one player I want to see in Chelsea's midfield is Jesse Fleming, um, as we've obviously spoken about at length already. Where is her best position, do you think, for Chelsea? Where is she as a box-to-box or maybe as the 10 in, in place of Panilla? Yeah, I think she, I, I think she managed uh, both uh, positions well. Uh, but obviously in the Bristol, you know, the Conte Cup final, she, she was the one that, you know, put the ball on a plate for, for Frank Kirby and, and Sam Kerr. So I think... I would like to see her play uh, from start with Panilla um, on Sunday because I think they could do a lot of good things together. 
um, and was also thinking we could be sort of glad to see that Chelsea have home games also between these ties. Um, and it's, it's the international break uh, after this game on Sunday. So I think Emma could go all in with, with uh, not so many subs on Sunday as well. It, yeah. So I think this game could actually be kind of fun to watch. Uh, and I'm I'm expecting a lot of goals. Um, I was watching some p- parts of Bristol uh, versus Birmingham yesterday, and I mean, Birmingham they don't have a lot uh, of players on the bench. It's a small squad, so I think. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna root for uh, a hat trick from Fleming. I think, I think let's she... start with let's start with one goal for Fleming and then build up maybe to the hat trick. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. but I like to go all yeah. in. <laughs> it's all or nothing. She's either gonna score three or not. Yeah. Uh, I think she can handle it. Yeah, absolutely. Um let's look at Birmingham a bit closer then. They like to play four one, four one, uh, which is ironic because they like to lose four nil, four nil, four nil. Um <laughs> Attacking wise, their fullbacks like to get very high with their sort of winger players tucking inside to create that space uh, with the likes of Christy Murray and Molly Green operating in the middle of the midfield. Jane will need to be aware of that threat from out wide, especially if we're playing a diamond midfield, as we see against Wolfsburg, it leaves our fullbacks very exposed, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I think the game is going to be tough. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Birmingham. Some games they have, unfortunately, have lost against the big team. But some games they have come out and they have played really well. Obviously, they came back from that. They went down 1-0 against Bristol. And I think the likes of Christine Murray and Molly Green are two that are going to catch us out. Yeah, Mia, what we saw against Aston Villa was Chelsea struggling with their usual fluidity going forward. Uh, Birmingham do sit deep against the bigger teams. You know, as obviously so many of the teams in this league do. Um, so if we do make a lot of changes, that could be, you know, have an effect on the game. So perhaps, as you said, with the international break, go in full strength, get the job done, and then make obviously the five changes that Emma can make. Perhaps that's the, the more the more smart game plan, perhaps. Yeah, I saw someone writing, uh, you know, in the supporter group one time, like, put the best starting 11 out to get the job done, then you can make a lot of subs. Uh, and I think that's, that's, yeah, I hope uh, that will happen on Sunday because just put, put the players out, get the job done, and then you can, you can uh, not experiment, but, you know, like let players that doesn't play um, a lot get some playing time. Uh, I mean, it's it's Sunday, and then, I mean, I think Sweden is going to play the US on April 10th. Uh, so, I mean, it's, what what is it on Sunday? April 4th, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. It, it, it is uh, that. So, I mean, and and it, it could go down to, to you know, goal difference and, and stuff. So, and we just, I think we won one nil to, uh, to uh, against Birmingham, the first, you know, the fixture in 
Yeah. Yeah. So just get the players out, get the job done and score. But I, I also think I would love to see Beth England return uh, on Sunday too. Yeah, Beth back in the squad actually on Wednesdays when a concussion protocol elapses and she can have contacts uh, again physically. Um, Jane, Mia just mentioned there that we only beat Birmingham 1-0 in the uh, return leg earlier this year. Um, you know, we struggled to break them down then. But having said that, we've come a long way in our attacking sense this season from the start of the year compared to now. Um, we should still have enough to beat Birmingham, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think I think our squad has changed. Not obviously people-wise, but just the way we've developed since the beginning of the season. We're much better, uh, like much stronger squad than we were at the beginning. And I think it, we will come out a lot better than we did when we played them in the reverse fixture. Yeah. Mia, when I watch Chelsea without Panilla Harder and they're playing a 4-4-2 with a diamond, you know, for me it doesn't work as well, perhaps because there's nobody at that level that she operates at. Should we, if she's not playing, should we play with wingers so we've got an outlet for the ball? Yeah, I think... Here's, I'm going to say something a bit controversial right now <laughs> because I think here's the deal. Uh, I don't think that we have seen the best of Pernilla Harder yet. Uh, with, with that being said, I, I think that it's also because she, she hasn't come up to level her best level yet. I think she knows that too. But also Emma hasn't used her in her best position um, that many times because I think you have to you have to decide how you want to attack um, and if you play Pernilla Harder in a 4-4-2 diamond she's good but she's at her best when you play her um, in the middle with you know three uh, supporting uh, one lone striker up front but in that game, you know, go, go back to Arsenal uh, when Emma played a 4 uh, 2 3 1. Sam Kerr did, didn't score. I just think it, it's sort of, you know, telling uh, also. So it, it all, at the end of the day, how do you want to attack? Uh, how do you want to use a player like that? Uh, and we, we can sit here and say, you know, like many, <laughs> I've heard a lot of people saying that, that, okay, but, but Chelsea is not Wolfsburg, Chelsea is not Linköping. But to be honest, uh, both in Linköping and Wolfsburg, she has been used uh, for her best skills. And it's not the deal here. Uh, and I think with that being said, she, she makes it... Um, she does it very, very good uh, anyway. Because, I mean, when she joined Wolfsburg uh, back in two, yeah, 2017, she scored like six goals uh, her first half season there. I mean, she has obviously scored more goals here. Um, this is her first season and she's not being played uh, in her usual, you know, position. Uh, so I think it's hard, but uh, 
for Wednesday uh, and for as many games as possible from now on. Just play the the four, two, three, one, and you will see. Uh, I think we ain't seen nothing yet of what she can can do for a team. Yeah, it's obviously an interesting you know, tussle that Emma has to have with herself over what she does with this team. Because the Diamonds obviously worked recently. Uh, Sam and Fran are scoring lots of goals. But if you've got someone of that level, it feels a bit silly not to utilise them perhaps to their best level because you're missing out on you know the best player in the world being the best player in the world because you're not playing them in a in a role that fully suits them although she has been fantastic in the role that she's in um jane i was going to ask the question that if burnham sits so deep can you give brighter x on the day off but i'm thinking that we're going to not rest anybody for this game no i think I think with the games coming up, even though Brighton aren't as as high as City and Arsenal, you can't you can't take the chance and rest one of them or both of them because you've got to go out and win every single game. Emma's got to put out her strongest squad. Obviously, it'd be nice for Brighton and Magda to have a break because apart from Magda with her injury, they've not stopped. But I think at this moment in time in the league, we've we can't risk it. Yeah, I suppose, Mia, how much will Wednesday's result affect Emma's selection? Because if obviously we lose, then it's only the league left for us to win, as well as the FA Cup, of course. But if we lose, if we win, sorry, then obviously we're having a boost of confidence that we're in the semi-finals. Perhaps she's thinking more longer term to rest players. I mean, I, I, I'm going to give you some sort of boring answer here, but but let's just say that every player of the Wolfsburg uh, is fit and, you know, healthy and eager to play, just play your best uh, squad. Um, because I think, uh, I think, yeah, I don't know what to say because, because this is, this is all at the end of the day, it's going to come down to uh, how, you know, exhausted the players will be mentally, uh, perhaps, after uh, Wolfsburg game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Having said all that, I'm going to pick a team now that you're probably going to change dramatically. Um, I went with 4-3-3, just for the wingers, basically, because I missed them. Uh, Muzovic coming back in goal. Uh, I think she's at the level now to rotate a bit more with AKB. Uh, the back four is Charles, Bright, Eriksson and Anderson. Uh, Ingalls a holding midfielder with Fleming and G ahead of her. Then Cuthbert on the right, Wrighton on the left and Bethany England as the central striker. Um, Jane Birmingham are not very good. Let's not forget that. Although we did lose two... We lost to obviously to Brighton, but they're not as good as Brighton. You know, they're relegation fodder. We can rest some players, and obviously, you know, the players are going to play lots of games internationally as well. We don't want them to go there and get injured either. What's your thoughts? Um, 
I'd start Berger instead of Musovic. Um, I think I'd keep the rest the same. I think I would just swap the goalkeeper out. Can't drop Musovic. She's our number one. You know, I'm famous because of Musovic in Sweden, as me and <laughs> They're going to send me the kit to wear at the Euros. Whole lot. I'm now a Swede. I'm You're famous Sven. from your song. The reverse. Sven I was Mille. showing everyone the song. I feel like. Oh, sorry, sorry, Jane. I feel like in this game we need. I know, obviously, Musovic is a good goalkeeper, but I feel like we need Berger in goal. She likes to take a few hits in Champions League games, so I think that she gets rested. Again. Yeah. She likes to go through. It's the a walls. tough one. It is. Mia, what's your thoughts on the team? Obviously, the Swedes are all in. Would you like to rest any of them before the internationals? Yeah, in, in the best, um, you know, in in the best of worlds, I will would like both Magda and Jonna get some rest <laughs> the, the international break because they're going to play the US. I mean, it's like, um, but yeah, I, I can actually see Jonna get some rest to play Blondel uh, on the as a right right back again. Um, I also think that Sophie Ingle could play center back uh, instead of uh, Millie Bright versus Birmingham. So some changes, I'm not sure, but I think, yeah, you said you said four three three, so we we can keep it that. But I actually think that Sophie Ingle could play. Uh, next to Magda to get Bright, give Bright some rest because she deserves it. Uh, I think yeah, it's, so. It's going to be an, it's always an interesting selection with Emma. It's hard. Yeah. To, um, yeah. Uh, my original team did have Blondel in it, but the fact that she's going to play against Wolfsburg, I think, changes that opinion for me. And obviously, Addison was rusted faster than Villa. Yeah. Um, just my thinking, but no. Emma's Emma, she does what she likes, when she likes, how she likes. We can't um, argue with her ever, really. Um, predictions then, Mia the Oracle, what's the score going to be? 4 0, Chelsea. They like to lose 4 0, Birmingham. I can see why you've gone with 4 0. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Jane, what about you? Um, I'm going to go 3 1. I think Birmingham might. Managed to get one past us somehow. How? I don't know how, but I have a feeling that we're going to concede. Unless they kick <laughs> the ball from their box and it goes in the wind and they've got <laughs> their bases, they're not going to score. I well, I hope they, they don't, but. Yeah, no. Yeah. Change, change your prediction, please. I, I'll change it to 3 0 then. Thank you. <laughs> serious football podcast with serious <laughs> I think it's going to be with that team at least 3-0 because Fleming's going to score a hat-trick as I've already said and then I think Bethany England is going to score as well so I'm going to go 5-0 just not to copy Mia really but I think they're going to 4-0 again but I'll say 5 just to um, just to be different basically um, 
let us know your prediction from this game. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, hello, um, comment. If you're listening, tweet me. Give me some friends, please. Um, yeah, that's about it for Birmingham. Looking forward to it. I think it's on BT Sport, isn't it? No, BBC half twelve kickoff. BBC Red Button at half twelve. Yeah, if you've got a red button yeah. that isn't the standby, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Push your red button, you'll be able to watch Chelsea winning. And for Scandinavian Scandinavian viewers and Finland, we we it's gonna be on via play. We can say that now since I'm since I'm gonna yeah. be watching from Sweden. So and obviously I have a lot of listeners in Sweden because I'm you know big out. Yeah, there. exactly, exactly. We yeah, have to we have to speak to them as well, yeah. you know. Of course. Yeah. It's there. That's why I picked all the Swedish players because you know as a Swede, <laughs> I want to see the Swedes. Um. That's it for part three. Join us after this little, little break for part four. We've got your emails. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the fourth and final part of episode 18 of Went to Move Kings Meadow. Time now for your emails. Jane, who has been in touch with us this week? So we've had an email from Nicholas, who's in Nigeria. He says, I love the momentum of the team and I'd like to inquire as to why the fifth stand app are not showing all the matches. I love the women's team players, but the avenue to view their matches should be made more easy. I love the Kirby connection. Thanks, Nicholas. Yeah, not just Sweden where we're big, Jane. Nigeria as well, representing all over the world. Um, <laughs> Going global. Yeah, in terms of the fifth stand-up, I'm guessing it's just because of the the rights of, you know, there is no rights at the moment, but they do show, obviously, the European games on there. But the league games are all FA player or BBC or BT at the moment. So I'm guessing that's going to change soon with, with Sky's deal. Um, Mia, you agree that the avenue to watch the women's games, not just Chelsea but generally, should be easier for everyone, shouldn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously. But but you see, I think you guys in England are very lucky uh, because, like, we have a platform in Sweden for the Swedish league, but that's geo-blocked, you know, restrictions. And then it's it's a site in Mexico that just picked up the Swedish league and, and just show, shows it all over the world. But uh, I think the FA player is uh, it's unique in, the, in that way. And I think it's obviously it would be, yeah, it would mean a lot to a lot of people to, you know, have the, the games, all the games on fifth stand. But I would just like to take this, uh, you know, opportunity because every... Uh, weekend when there's a game or midweeks also it's it's all over the supporters group in, on Facebook where can I watch the game where can I so you have to you have to understand that if a, a, a game is selected for TV then it's gonna be broadcasted uh, in the same on the same platforms every time it's it's like here Scandinavia and Finland it's via play uh, and it's Sportsnet for Canada, 
Optus Sport for Australia, Sparks uh, Sport in New Zealand. Um, what, what else? We uh, yeah, we have the you know BT Sport or BBC Red Button or BBC in England. Um, but every time these questions comes, so I'm starting to think think that yeah, uh, people have to learn where to watch for the games also because it's um, it's the same question all over. <laughs> And that, that tells you something as well. So yeah. Some people just expect it to be on their TV when they switch it on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They push the button and then there's Chelsea women. But... It's women's football. That doesn't yeah. happen. You have to search and, and do the job. And even when it's broadcast, sometimes you know, in America, they cut off and show the car auction. So, yeah. you know, let's um, hope that Sky do a good job with what yeah. they've paid for it. We have to. We can. We can just bring up uh, ATA football as well because that's in Germany, Italy, and the US. And in the U- US, you have the NBC Sport as well. So, yeah, lots of places. Obviously, it's growing more and more the women's game where they play. Uh, Jane Nicholas loves the Kirby connection. We too love the Kirby connection, don't we? Yeah, I think if anybody doesn't like their connection, they're crazy. And I don't know what they're watching if they don't like it. It's just, it's brilliant. And they just, they just bounce off each other so well. And is the shrimp to Sam's Barbie. How about that? It sounds good. Like that. I like that. <laughs> if I was good on Photoshop, I'd make a graphic of that. But I'm not, so it won't. Um, <laughs> Uh, if you've got something you want to say about the team or the show or the latest game or women's football or anything, um, you can do so by emailing us at wentermokingsmeadow at gmail.com and we will read them out on the show as we've just done for Nicholas from Nigeria. Thank you very much, Nicholas, for getting in touch. And that is how we're going to end the show this week because that is all we've got time for. Um, we'll be back next week to discuss that second leg against Wolfsburg and the Birmingham City game. Uh, Jane, a pleasure talking to you again. Hopefully another victory to discuss against Wolfsburg next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully a win against Wolfsburg and a win against Birmingham. That sounds good to me. Uh, Mia, again, massive thank you for coming on. I'm sure we're going to get twice as many messages this week about how good you were. Yeah, Maybe right. you to come back on. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for giving up your time and coming and join us. Thank you for and you obviously say hello to all the Swedes for me. Um, yeah, I will. I will say hello to to every Swede I meet tomorrow out on the street from Dean in the UK. Um, I'm sure they know who you are. When the travel restrictions <laughs> obviously are lifted, <laughs> I can come and perform the secure song. Yeah, live. Yeah, live in Sweden. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Follow us on, <laughs> on social media. That's what I was going to say. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow, me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and me at Mia underscore Ericsson. You can also find us on Instagram at Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Um, don't forget you can contact the show by email, get your points heard. The address again is Went to Mo Kings Meadow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying. Oh.